What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear with Skip Hill and Andrew Berry. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by True Nutrition. You can use our code THINK for some additional savings. Uh, we've got like kind of a fun little bonus episode here today. Uh, what do we call this? How do, how do we title this one, guys? Like I was the, thinking maybe busted. like Busted. Bust, that's easy enough. The Busted yeah, episode. Yeah. Uh, What's with, the first thing you told your buddies when you got back? I got busted. Exactly. I got busted. <laughs> I know both of you guys have stories. And when I've heard the stories, my jaw was like just hanging down the whole time listening. So I know that everybody's going to, everybody loves to hear a good bust story. Let's, let's well, put first, it that way. I don't even know if anybody knows. I mean, I, I guess I assume maybe, but I don't even know if anybody knows that I was busted or even if Andrew was. I'm sure people close to him might, but maybe people don't really know that. So then it becomes a battle of, because this is how I'm looking at it. Everything's a competition. So I'm wondering, I'm thinking to myself, wonder if my story outdoes Andrew. Because I only have like a couple details about Andrews. So I'm not real <laughs> sure, you know, it's, there's going to be some competition here. But I, my, I don't know how long yours, how long ago yours was, Andrew. Mine was in like 94, but it was this fucking long drawn out thing, but, but 94. You were only like seven, so you probably didn't get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, if I got caught with a little bit of test or whatnot, when I was in 1984, I would have been uh, one years old. My parents would have been locked up, not me. <laughs> Fair enough. No, so it was, was 2001. 2001. I, was eight, I was 18. Yeah, I was 18. Okay. And, and for a little bit of background, and most people might know this, but the Anabolic Steroid Act of 1991, shortly after that, and I think it contributed to my situation a little bit because they had much more of a hard on for steroids at that time. Like they seemed to be pursuing them more. Remember things like marijuana and stuff like that. We weren't society didn't accept that. This is just coming off the years of, you know, this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. I mean, Nancy Reagan was hammering the war on drugs and losing really kind of laughingly, but they didn't know that at the time. So mine being in 94 and, and it was actually, it started a couple years prior to that, but I didn't know about it until they came and asked me some questions. And then it got kind of long and drawn out. So mine was kind of early on. Yours wasn't though much later because I ended up finishing the, well, basically pleading in 94. Um, and if you were in 2001, you know what? Oddly, oddly, I'll admit, I think I'm a little anxious talking about this. Are Do you? you get anxious talking about this, Andrew, sometimes or no? It's so long ago now that no. Yeah, I, I thought so, too, but I I'm a little. About it. I forget about it. <laughs> you know? Well, keep in mind, Skip, we have a lot of stuff that we are doing today. We, yeah, we're recording another segment, guys, but so keep that in mind. But we do. Let's let's get into the meat of it. What, what actually happened? Me? You want me or you want me to skip? Let's, 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 <laughs> skip's on, I, I like this thing. Okay. Skip's, skip's feeling uncomfortable, and we should ride with that. Uh. <laughs> well, mine, okay, and, and maybe, this, maybe this is why. Mine involved a multi-county grand jury. I was actually indicted. I wasn't like just, oh, come to me. So I had to go for two and a half hours and talk to a grand jury, and this is what makes me nervous because I'm being honest, and I know I can because of statute of limitations and everything else, but I lied my ass off for two and a half hours. To the point where at the break, I went into a room with my attorney and I'm pacing. He's like, what is your problem? And I fucking turned around and yelled at him. I'm like, I've been lying out there for two fucking hours. 
<laughs> and the look on his face, he goes, and he didn't say anything right away. I'm like, what, what the fuck do I do when I go back out there? He goes, well, I didn't know you were lying. So you better take your ass out there and keep doing what you were doing for the last two hours. I'm like, this is fucking paying for this advice. Like for real. So I did. And, and I, and I'm going to, be as concise as I can. Multi-county grand jury, you can't speak. It's essentially what's called a gag order. If you do, it's criminal contempt. You'll be charged with misdemeanor criminal contempt. Well, I left there and I'm like, my best friend lived with the biggest steroid dealer in the town that was there <laughs> without giving it away. So I call him up. I'm like, hey, we got to have a beer. We got to talk. You don't want to miss it. I laid everything out for him because I'm like, you don't want to show up to this dude and be blindsided like I was. Like, what the fuck? This is everything nasty. This Told him everything. He shows up. First thing they ask him, Ken Hill talk to you? Yep. <laughs> You're kidding. I'm like, this is my best man. And I'm thinking, if I just saved you from all this. Plus, he didn't do anything wrong. He just I'm kind of confused, but I'm kind of confused. You started the story at the court. Yeah, because I'll get to why. Okay. I mean, I was, I was subpoenaed to show up to a grand jury. I had an idea why, and it'll make sense. Oh, so so this wasn't okay. Okay, so you had yeah. okay. I never I'll, had I'll, gun. I'll, I never had guns to my head. I was never, um, <clears throat> you know, face down, door kicked in, anything like that. But that'll make more sense here in just a, just a second. Okay. So so <laughs> after this happens, he I know that he has told them everything. So I'm a little panicked because not only do they know that I told him everything, but that I lied and bullshitted. And even though they believe me, it doesn't matter when, I don't know if people know, but when you're, when a, during a grand jury, the reason they do that is because they don't have enough evidence on you to arrest you. So on a grand jury, they just have to get, it doesn't have to be everybody like a regular jury. It has to be the majority and then they can indict you based on information that is provided. So anyway, after that, I kind of knew I was in trouble. Well, they, and, and, and I'm going to be very, very quick about this, but this matters because it's this is the part that's really fucked up or one of them. I met my wife's work. She works in a little cheers bar in a small town in, let's just say, Michigan. OK. Fair and enough. so I, I a guy walks in. Three guys walk in. Actually, they're at the end of the bar. And I see I recognize the one guy, the black dude. I'm like, oh, shit, that's Eric from the gym because he's a cool fucking dude. And he worked out and shit like that. So I look and I, I'm like, Eric, what brings you up here? And I think you guys all know what the fuck's going down now. Anyway, so I lift up my hat because he looks at me. He doesn't recognize. So I lift up my hat. And I'm down the bar from him. You know, like at the other end of the bar, right? I lift up my hat. I'm like, Ken, Ken Hill. I put my hat down. He literally looks at me like this. He goes, like, and he starts walking, you know, down everything. And I'm like, you know, shake, going up to shake his hand and everything because I haven't seen the guy in a few years. Well, if I would have remembered at that time, he worked for the Michigan State Police and he was part of the Southwest Enforcement Teams, which was called SWAT, Undercover Narcotics. He goes, actually, I'm like, what brings you here? It's like, actually, you do. He goes, I didn't put the name with the, I'm like, oh, me do? Like, what are you mm. talking about? So he said, he goes, you, this is, I, I mean, I'm paraphrasing because it all ran together. He's like, you got to come with me. We're arresting you for, uh, delivery of a counterfeit or delivery of a controlled substance. I almost gave away the end thing, which gets even better. But anyway, delivery of a controlled you. substance. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, he, he, I, I, I'm, I'm getting ready to leave and I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, well, tell your wife, you know, everything. And of course, you know, she's upset. She doesn't know what the fuck's going on. I'm like, you know, your husband's a loser. There's 
other shit. I mean, you know, you, you feel like a fucking anyway. Yeah. So I go and I do that. I get out. I spend a night there. I get out. They drag this shit out because they can't find the police report and everything else. They let me plea um, to check this out. Possession, and I'm not kidding when I say this, possession of a counterfeit anabolic steroid. That is my charge. Legit counterfeit. What they had done, it was Pfizer testosterone. So when they went and tested it, it came back that it was fake. But because my intent was that it was legitimate, I was charged with it. I mean, and I could go into how pathetic that is and everything else, but that's the reality. So this is how it all came down to begin with. But it was fake. It was fake. It ended up being fake. So it was like a a bottle of it was fake Pfizer, but there was no real test in it. You got there was no real test in it. Damn. It was labeled as Pfizer testosterone. and It was only two bottles. But this is how it all came down. I had a friend who was running marijuana from um, Kentucky to Michigan back and forth for like a couple years right out of high school. And he bugged me and bugged me for a couple bottles of tests. And he was just kind of a pain in the ass. He was an annoying guy. He wasn't big. He just he knew that I had tests. So he so finally I gave him a couple bottles. Obviously not knowing that it was fake. I, I mean, that's just silly. It doesn't make you know any sense. But he had him in his car when he got busted. And he got busted with so much shit they'd been watching for so long that basically rolled on me to try to help his cause. That's what pulled me into the multi-county county grand jury investigation because it was mm. more about uh, pot and everything else than it was. I had two other friends who were trafficking cocaine from Miami to Lansing, making retarded money too. Apparently I had a lot of friends who trafficked a lot of shit that I was not aware of when I was younger, but nonetheless, that's what it came down to. But I ended up going to the, uh, to the hearing and they said, <laughs> she was such a bitch too. She goes, you can either plead guilty to the, um, criminal contempt or your friend's going to come out of the back room and he's going to testify to every single thing you said. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Oh, that's fucking awesome. So I obviously pled guilty to it, which ironically enough, it never hit my record to this day. And then I pled no contest to the possession charge, but understand that this was drug out for almost two and a half years. I didn't plead Damn. from 92 to like 94, 94, like two and a half years because they couldn't find their police report my attorney told me he's like yeah you could not plead to it and make them find it but the second they find it they're going to bring it back up because it's a charge that they've got you on and they know you, they've got you on it so it was just funny how my best man rolled on me and he ended up calling me a couple of years later asking me for fucking advice on like creatine and glutamine or something what and i let la- <laughs> yeah i know i know i'm like you got a lot of fucking balls right so i let him have it and it was this back and forth. And I told him, I said, if you ever open my fucking name ever comes out of your mouth again, I'm going to take your um, what's it called? Your your testimony, because I had it. My attorney ended up giving it and it was stamp confidential. I had 11 pages of his testimony. So if you ever fucking say another word to me or about me. I'll take pictures of this shit and I'll send it to everybody we fucking graduated with just so they know you're a fucking piece of shit for rolling on me when I tried to Good. basically save your ass and never heard from the guy again. Good. Fuck that dude. Good. But that was a long Some time more. ago. It was 94, 95. But I had to, to move to Colorado. I had three more months on my probation. So I called him up. I'm like, you know, can I transfer my probation to Colorado? And the guy laughed at me. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> He goes, we're not going to transfer you. Every month you come here, you work, you're a family man. You haven't ever tested for anything. He goes, we're just, I'm going to have it um, dropped and everything done. And you go to Colorado and do your thing. 
So that's when I was kind of done. But I will be honest and say the reason that I moved, and this is all in hindsight, but the reason I moved to Colorado was because I felt like everybody knew what had happened and that I was a giant fucking loser. And the truth was only probably three or four people really knew. And, And it was a good move and it was good for my life and everything else. But the point is, is I thought I was... Like I, like I had to leave there to get away from when in reality that's kind of silly looking. Yeah. Now, it did work that way in my brain, but it didn't have to work that way. Damn. Dude, I've heard that story before, and this was a really good version of it. Yes, that was, <laughs> well, it's no different. I mean, no, but like, you know, every time detail. you tell a story, it, yeah, it comes out yeah. differently. There's another layer to it. That was good, especially this guy that this guy that burned you. I don't think you told us about this this best. I knew about the guy. I probably heard it a few times because the guys. I got to tell you, this is this is one of those off air conversations that usually like after we hit the button, you know, and then we're we're done for the day. It's over. We're like, hey guys, thanks for watching Blood, Sweat, and Gear. Have a nice day. And then we have conversations like this. And by the way, twenty five years ago, I was busted. (laughs) (laughs) This is like after that we have those conversations. So yeah, over the last five years or whatever, I've I've heard it a couple times, but that was I think the best telling of it. Honestly, I could. The only thing it's ever limited me for was I could not coach. Check this out. I coached baseball. My son for baseball in the same county in the same district, but they wouldn't let me coach football because of that fucking possession charge and i laughed and told him it was it was just a weird weak response i'm like it wasn't even real technically i never took steroids i, I was trying to be funny yeah. and they did not see the humor and i'm like you got to be fucking kidding me 20 years ago at that time it was probably 20 or maybe not 20 but 15 17 years prior i just laughed yeah. anyway like yeah. i said he, andrew that's why i went first because andrew Andrew made CNN. This motherfucker is a. B- <laughs> I bow. I bow. If, 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 if I can find uh, someone, who was it? I feel like someone sent me a screenshot. Like they actually took a Polaroid, not a Polaroid, but a, an old fashioned one of those roll up can. What do you call it? Uh, you got to wind it. Yeah. And they took a picture of CNN when it was on and then showed me the picture. And I don't know if I kept it or if they kept it. I'm trying to think who it was and maybe see if I can get it. But that's good. Uh, do, do you want me to tell mine or are you good? Skip? Yeah. No. Go go I think Skip's all set. We got to hear what you got to say, right. man. Yep. I'm a right. So <laughs> when I was um, when I was 18, I was uh, I was a freshman in college and I was getting involved in anabolics. Learn and I should preface this that don't do anything that I did. I'm not giving advice here either yeah. legally or otherwise. And yeah. I was just a nut. I started researching anabolic steroids when I was like 15, 16. And I was like, when I turn 18, I'm going to fucking hit it. So, and I'd already, you know, I was already doing the six meals a day, cardio train. Like I was living the lifestyle from 14, 15, 16 on. My parents thought I was freaking nutty because even as like a youngster, I would do laps running around the house when I was like eight years old, or I'd be the kid that, 14 years old before my JV basketball games, I had to do like three sets of 20 curls because I were wearing a Jersey and I wanted my arms and shoulders. Damn right. <laughs> That's good shit. Other kids were like, what the fuck are you doing? It's going to mess up your shot. And I'm like, yeah, but we're in a tank top. You know? Yeah, but I'm going to bang your girlfriend in four years. So shut up and never mind your own business. <laughs> so anyway, like a lot of us, I learned how to manufacture uh, Trembolone from the old uh, component TH. A lot, of, a lot of our listeners will have no idea what I'm talking about, but yeah. you guys remember the component TH uh, pellets that mm-hmm. would, you know, farmers could buy them and inject them into their cattle 40 days before slaughter, bulks them up, muscular, et cetera. And a lot of us knew how to convert it into an injectable form using that that uh, that method. So I started out with that. My first cycle was actually Trembolone, a straight Trembolone No cycle. test, huh? Like, 
no test because I couldn't get it because it, it, and, and again our younger listeners are going to have no idea what I'm talking about here when I say that like your sources were few and far between especially yeah. if you were just an 18 year old guy not really deep in the game yet so I learned you can make trend alone I had no idea about a test base and so I just I just took trend so that was my first foray into manufacturing and using anabolics for myself so some of my buddies were like hey can you start doing that for us and I'm like yeah, definitely. You know, so one bottle of monster turned into 10, 15, 20, a hundred. And, uh, next thing I know I was outfitting all the guys on the football team, the hockey team, and this is a division three college and the they're division three champions at that point, like multiple year division three champions. So they're very popular. And now they're all on football trend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> F- football team. Not so much. We weren't so good, but, um, until they met you. <laughs> nah. exactly. yeah. well, somewhere in that like there's a six month span of time where i also you know being on the forums more learning about how to import things so i did start to import testosterone deca um the pink tie d balls you guys remember oh, yeah. um you know it'd be nothing to get like four uh four thousand little pink tablets you know a couple times a month Damn. now i didn't want that stuff going to my school address and i didn't want it going to my parents address and, and i lived only about 25 minutes from the college, uh, my parents, my parents did, I should say. So I didn't want that going there because one time my mom opened up one of my packages of, uh, I got like some Clomid in because I thought I needed to take some after my uh, my trend only cycle. Yeah. And she's like, what the hell is this? And she's like researching on the internet and this is a women's fertility drug, you know, all that <laughs> oh, shit. Oh my God. <laughs> so I got my own post office box. Okay. So that just, that's a little background of what I was doing. You know, I, there was probably anywhere between 30 and 50 bottles that were changing hands a month. So, you know, stupid, right? Um, and I was making good money off of it. So I got in trouble because somebody um, had gotten a DUI, a, a marijuana DUI, like driving under the influence. Hmm. A local, local, you know, jurisdiction cop pulled him over and they were able to downplay it by giving them information about this, this big steroid dealer on the campus. Oh. Well, well, so what they did is they talked to the school and the school talked to the FBI. And they got the FBI, the Postal Service um, involved in it as well. So on one of my um, one of the days I got a delivery, I go into the post office and, you know, it's business as usual, normal day. And I got two buddies with me who were kind of partners in the deal. And we go in there and I go up to sign for my package, which was a little weird because normally they're just in my box. But every now and then I do have to sign for something. And this is what they it's called a controlled delivery. So. They either see you sign for it or they put some type of powder on a package so that, you know, it's on your hands. And when they go into your, your house or arrest you, they can prove that you open the package. In this case, all I had to do was sign for it. And the minute I signed for it there, it was Andrew Berry, hands behind your back. You're under arrest. And I'm like, and I got a huge dip in my mouth. I'm like, for what? <laughs> and they're like, you know what's in that package. Now, when I turn around. Like people are going to think I'm full of shit, but there were nine guys there, bomber jackets, three FBI, three postal service and three DEA guys. And I'm in my mind, I'm like, do they think I have like a bomb in here or something? Like, like it's just a little gear, you know, the whole time I'm playing dumb. I'm like, I don't know what's in there. I don't, I just go and I pick up my packages. Don't you pick up your mail when someone comes to you and they're like, all right, keep playing smart, you know? So they arrest me, bring me down to the station, the local station where where I'm being held. They make you sit there for like five hours, right? Like, you know, I think a young guy, they're like, oh, he's going to be stewing in it. He's just going to fess up to everything. Mm-hmm. And they took my two partners, my two buddies too, and they separated us, obviously. And then it was my turn to give a statement. And throughout the statement, you know, like I'm just playing dumb. I'm like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. You know, I don't know 
you know, what's going on here? And they were trying to get me to tell on all the people I was selling to. Like, they're like, they gave me a, a pad. They're like, write down some names. Like, we know that you're controlled delivering this stuff to numerous people on your sports teams and other colleges and stuff. And, and I didn't rat on anybody. So end of the day comes, we're having more of a conversation. I'm, I'm staying the night. Basically. I, I know at this point, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a free stay, free meal. So we're talking and I'm like, listen, like at that point, I'm like, okay, it's all mine. Like my buddies have nothing to do with it. They were just driving with me. Like they have nothing to do with it. I'm like, so honestly, like keep in mind, this was three months after nine 11. Okay. okay. I'm like with all the, with all the terrorist shit going on right now, this is what you guys come up with. Like, this is how yeah. you guys are spending your time. You're busting a kid who's making a few bucks, selling a few, few bottles of gear every month, you know? Yeah. And, and they're like, well, listen, man. And they, this is when they had told me like the story about how, you know, how they had learned about me through the, the person who had gotten in trouble through a DUI offense. They're like, look, man, it was just your day. If you didn't come in and sign for this, we would have moved on to something else on the docket. And he's oh. like, you came in on the day. And I'm sitting there like, fuck. Now, maybe yeah. he just said that to kind of like rub it in on me a little bit. And maybe they would have been there the next day. Who knows? But that's but a anyway, lot of people so, to have manned that you like stationed and waiting for you to show up at whatever time of day well, that, you're showing up too. You know what I mean? That, 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 maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I swear to God, there were like seven or eight or I thought nine, my buddy counted nine guys that were part of the thing. And maybe because they knew there were three of us and we were all big guys. One of my guys, my buddies, yeah. I won't say his name. Look, he was about 265 abs. Like he looked the way like I do, like on stage, but like even bigger, you know, yeah. and the other guy was a 330 pound offensive lineman that like they needed nine guys. <laughs> yeah, I think they were thinking we were going to get violent. They, they, they probably thought we were going to get violent. They're like, oh, they're on steroids. They're all. Well, uh, either that yeah. or let's be honest. I mean, he may have wanted what was in the package. Maybe only half of that went to the evidence room. You never yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So so anyway, you know, I get out. I, I, I get out of uh, jail the next day. And um, and I, my FBI guy, who's my liaison or whatever, is like, now, listen, if you get any more packages, you need to immediately call me and you need to turn them over to me. So I'm like, okay, well, not fucking 10 days later, do, you know, someone reships me a package because they see that it got seized by customs for the, I think it was 4,000 pink tie D balls and 10 bottles of, uh, of, um, Deca. So I get the package and I'm like, oh man, I really want this. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> a lot of right. D ball. I'm like, but I'm sitting here. I'm like, oh man, the fence probably like doubles if I don't yeah. do the right thing here. Yeah. So, so I called the FBI agent and uh, and and I tell him what happened and I and I dropped it off at his office. And Do you take he's a, like, a few out? Maybe he goes. Take a few What's out. Do you take a few a few out? Just a handful. <laughs> no, because no, he so he inspected the package, right? Yeah. And he asked that yeah. question. He goes, and then as I was leaving, he's like, "You made the right move there." And he gave me a wink to kind of let me know that like they knew about this package as well. Like that's how I did. They probably so, did. You're goddamn right. They probably did. Yeah, they probably mm -hmm. did. So, um, okay. So the, now I didn't even tell the craziest part. Like these friggin' Fed guys showed me pictures of me walking around on campus, like like stakeout type stuff. Like no shit. Like, yeah, like that's what kind of blew my mind. And that's when I was like, wait, this is what you guys have to come up with after the biggest, worst attack on American soil in history. Like you're following a college kid around who's not hurting anybody. I've never murdered anybody. I've never assaulted anybody. Like I was just blown away that they were making this big of a deal. So anyway, I think so. I call my parents like the next day to be like, hey, like something bad's going to come out in the news. You know, the, the call you never want to have to make. And uh and my mom was furious, you know, she doesn't understand. Like she, at that time in life, she didn't understand the things that we do. Yeah. And 
my dad was just like, well, you're going to pay for it all yourself. And I go, I know I got, I got, I got plenty of money. Don't worry. And uh, <laughs> I got a little reserve, but unbeknownst to me though, they had seized my account and they, yep. they drained all the money out of it. Oh, and shit. Uh, they, just, they, just, they just took it right out, you know? Mm-hmm. And for a college kid who had like seven grand or whatever it was sitting in a bank account, that was a big deal, you know? Sure. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I'm like, Oh, hire attorney. Like this will get taken care of. No big deal. Now, luckily yeah. I also did, um, I had money. PayPal was just in its infancy back then. And I was shuttling a lot of my money into PayPal. So I did have like a good little nest egg sitting there. And that's what I used to pay my attorney. They didn't, they so, didn't get that. They, you know, I think it was like the, the whole it was new. computers. Yeah. Like there was no like tracking the same way. Like today they type your name into somewhere and they can find all your information financially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back then they just saw my, my local bank account that had the money sitting in it. So they mm-hmm. didn't see my, my, um, my PayPal stuff. So that I would just go and like I would transfer it to a different my buddy's account and I'd have him give me the cash and that's what I was using to pay my attorney because it like Skip said it's a long drawn out process it's it's like yeah. a year year and a half before you actually get in front of a judge and mm-hmm. and get your penance and all that but um, Scott you brought up uh, Rick Collins earlier yeah so my attorney had no idea what the hell he was I mean he he was a great attorney great defense attorney but he had no idea about this world as because there was no, there was never a single case in the state of Vermont about anabolics. Yeah. And it's actually at the time it wasn't even illegal. That's why they called the feds in because it's, it was a federal offense, not a state oh. offense. There were no crime. There, there was nothing on the docket about anabolics, steroids, et cetera. Until it came so, in the mail. <laughs> yeah. and, until my case. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, so, I mean, because the we, mail makes it a federal with the postal yes. service. Yeah. And the postal inspector. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's the, the crime gets upgraded when when you're using the federal mail service. Absolutely. But let's be real. If you're going to do time, I think the federal system is where you would want to be. Probably. You I know mean, what I'm I don't know. Versus the I'm state gonna, pen. Spoiler, I didn't do any jail time be, okay. because yeah. my attorney, uh, we actually did a consult with Rick Collins uh, back in 2001. No kidding. Or I should say my attorney did. Yeah. And he, you know, laid out all the charges and, and, and uh, Rick Collins gave him really good advice. And we actually both bought his book and read it cover to cover. Um, I remember buying my attorney, the Anabolics uh, 2000 book by William uh, Llewellyn. Yep. So he could kind of, kind of brush up on that kind of stuff too. And um, so anyway, there was a plea deal. The plea deal was, um, you know, fess up and say it was all yours and you get two years probation, monthly drug testing, uh, you can't leave the state without any permission, et cetera, et cetera. So, because what my, my attorney did was played it off like, oh, just a young, dumb kid. He didn't really know it was illegal. You know, he just thought he was making a little pocket money and, and he'll pay all, you know, the fines and et cetera. And um, so I did get lucky in that respect. I mean, the, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't I didn't tell the big part. So since they knew the college was involved or that the oh, yeah. athletes on the other team, they called our football coaches, they called the soccer coach, they called the hockey coach. So anyway, they had this big thing where they called all the athletes into a locker room, a huge, huge locker room, all the male athletes. And they brought these big, um, you know, these big, you know, the leaf trash bags that you put your leaves yeah. in yeah, yeah. when you're in the hall. So they brought like two or three of those. And they're like, all right, we're going to leave. You guys have two hours to go and collect all the shit you have in your rooms. And these bags better be full. And if we don't think they're full enough, we're going to start searching every football player's room, every hockey player's room, every soccer player's room. Damn. So like 
everybody got scared and they just came, they went and they came back and started throwing their shit away, their needles, like everything to the point where like these bags were like three of the bags were like half full. I mean, you know how small little vials are and how small. So th- yeah. there was a good amount of shit. And some of it probably wasn't even mine. Someone probably got spooked yeah. because they yeah. had yeah. Some, you know, something from someone else or whatever. So anyway, they, they were sufficiently satisfied. And um, I, I think also it was a bluff because I don't think they would have legal standing to start searching everyone's rooms. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. But either way, yeah. it's it everybody enough. Yeah, it right. worked. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. So long man. story short, I just had to, um, I actually pulled out of uh, school um, after that semester. Uh-huh. So it didn't look like I got kicked out. I just, I, I, I left on my own accord before they could kick mm-hmm. me out. Yeah. And I'm, it was on my 20th birthday that I got in front of the judge and the judge is reading like Andrew Barry born 11, 25, 83. Is it your birthday today, sir? And I'm like, yes, sir. He's like, well, happy birthday. <laughs> he like, said it like that. <laughs> I'm like, thanks. <laughs> but, uh, and the crazy thing is uh, a couple years later, I'm working in a gym and my probation officer was a member at the gym. So he'd like walk by me every day and like, you know, professional, they're not supposed to like say hi to you or like, but he would just kind of like give me a look like, yep. Hey, what's up? And he was cool. Like, and, and the thing is they're testing you for like opiates and uppers and marijuana and stuff right. like that. It's like, cause I was still using shit at the time, you know, <laughs> right. but, but yeah, that's my story. Uh, you know, I was in the, the local news, like big paper, big, 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 um, picture on the sports page of course oh, and God. then uh you know indictment information all that shit and then uh i made cnn news i have no idea why the hell this was a cnn news story maybe because it involved the university i don't know but yeah so it's so crazy. yeah my parents were proud of me for a good two three years there <laughs> i bet i bet when i say that as a parent i'd be like this motherfucker for real <laughs> oh my god your Dude. parents are saints holy shit I wonder. Now, I will say one. Let me have one more thing. That is this, yeah. and I think Andrew would agree with me, because uh, and, and I'm not trying. Look, I got, I got outdone because literally I got damn near the same fucking thing that he did, and I had two bottles of fucking fake ass tests. But I will tell you this: knowing like friends and what they had done, because I knew I had a friend who was a huge international and everything else. He got popped by the feds and then continued to do it and got popped two months later. He still only did one, and he wasn't going to do any jail time until he got busted the second time. So then they sent him to a like a halfway house type thing, minimum security, minimum security. I'm sorry, like a walk away type thing for yeah, a year. That's yeah. all he ever got. You have to do a lot of shit. Now I'm not telling people in any way, shape or form that it's okay to do what we did or sell steroids because it's illegal. It just the bottom line is it's illegal. And there are situations where if someone uses your shit and they get in tr- you, you can be in a world of fucking shit in the litigious society that we live in on top of criminal charges. But anyway, the point is you got to do a lot of shit. If there is nothing on your record to go to jail for any significant, significant length of time from selling steroids, the things I have seen, I can if I would have known then what I know now, I would not have been absolutely petrified. I swear I took 10 years off of my life. I was so yeah. scared that I was going to fucking jail forever when I was like yeah. 24 years old. <laughs> it ruined my life for like two years. I felt like a, just a giant fucking loser to the point where I wanted to move. Yeah, I want to move because I had such I didn't go to the gym. I didn't train when he when I was but I was working in a factory wearing flannel shirts had a fucking scruffy ass beard. I smoked cigarettes for fuck's sake. Now I'm not. Yeah, that's that's stressful. I guess that sounds bad. I'm not going to because if people smoke, that's not you know, that's their business. 
But for me, you change to your do behavior. That, it, it changed yeah, your physical behavior. I couldn't get far enough away from it because I was so mortified and humiliated, and it was all my fault. My parents would. My, I remember my mom saying, "This is just so not fair." And I had to cut her off one day. I said, "You know what? I have done and sold more shit to my friends that I could have gotten in trouble for." that yeah. this I deserve anyway. Hmm. And if this is all I'm going to get out of it, then I'm fine with it. I fucking did it. I'll just, I'm in trouble. And yes, I got, it was lucky that I got caught or unlucky. And it just happened to be, you know, perfect things coming together, but it happened. It is what it is. And I had to move on from that, but it was very, well, very devastating. Two, two things I want to point out. Both of our issues started with somebody who told on somebody else or yeah. involved somebody else. Like, right. So, and, and obviously like loyalty to friends is a big thing to me. And if I did something like you better believe I'm going to fess up to, or I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that they don't get the blame for it. Or I'm not going to add them into it just because the feds or someone else doesn't know yet. You know, it's part about being a man and just, you know, carrying your own weight. Secondarily, I tell all my friends, all my clients, um, do not buy stuff for other people. Like just do, right. do your own personal use stuff. It's, when it's personal use, it's a very different game than when yep. it's intent to distribute because mm -hmm. now you Absolutely. got racketeering involved. They're more involved with the fact you're not paying taxes off your income. Or right? manufacturing. So You want to get in a lot of manu trouble? Manufacture yeah. shit. Make yeah. gear out of powder. I've told so many friends, I'm like, you don't, don't do that. That is manufacturing. It's They will bust your fucking nuts. If for anything they're going to bust you, they're going to bust you for that. Holy yeah. shit, don't do that. But it's so tempting because obviously you can save so much money, make so much fucking gear, but you can get in a world of fucking trouble for that shit. Oh, God. Yeah. I wonder now if they were to say, bring up all the athletes from a particular college and they were to say, hey, fill up these bags. And if we're not satisfied, we're going to come to your rooms and check. I, I feel like that gear is so much more accepted and available now. Oh. I feel like yeah. you'd fill up a lot of leaf bags. Yeah. I think, yeah. though, with the testing the way it is now versus what it was then, because it was almost non-existent then, oh. I think it was. it's very possible that it was more rampant use back then than it is now. I think with all the testing, uh, I think you might be... No. You don't think so? I, no. I would say in season, it would be difficult. I don't know what the testing is, I guess, well, in my defense. I think for, because like your strength coach who might be in on it a little bit or guiding you because usually strength coaches have a little experience with this kind of stuff, might be able to give you a heads up of when the testing's coming. So, gotcha, or okay. you're using compounds that, you know, won't necessarily, like for instance, like a, what I understand is a lot of times they test your test, the epitestosterone ratio. And if that's mm -hmm. off, that's when they investigate further for, for particular individual compounds. So like if right. you're not using testosterone, you're using just trend or something else, you know, or you're using just fast, uh, you know, like a fast test, like prop and you're like, you give them a week's notice. Okay. I'll just stop taking my test. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't think, know I think, what's going on since like 2011 or 12, because, you know, I was working with Jimmy and of course I have, you know, um, I already gave away the name, so I can't say too much about it. Um, yeah. there's experience there and it's public, but I, I out of respect for Jimmy, I just, there, let's put it this way. It's very, it was very, very difficult. Then I assume it's worse. Now people think that the NFL and stuff like that, that it's rampant use, but when they have testing, you have 20, they call you, you have 24 hours. They're in your town already. They don't call you until they land and they tell you, yeah. you need to provide a sample within 24 hours. There's no getting around it, no getting, and you're, it's very, very rigorous testing for things that you wouldn't even be like things that are on the banned substance list. You wouldn't even think bitter orange, you know, things like that. Now that was yeah. then, I don't know that it's changed, but things that you wouldn't even think. 
Yeah, absolutely. There are things on there that you, and here's one more, here's one more thing that I did not know. I think a lot of people don't know too, and it may have changed since then, but even the coaches, no one knew what you tested for positive for. They could only say based on the NFLPA contract, Hey, goddamn ruffling through some shit. Uh, they can only say that you that you tested positive for a banned substance. They can't say what it is. The coaches yep. don't know. They can't tell anybody. And that's why they would always go and they would use that lame ass excuse. Well, I took a Sudafed and I didn't know that I couldn't because I had a <laughs> it's cold. And, you know, everybody's going, yeah, fucking right. But you can't prove it either. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we got a before we close. I wanted to mention uh, Matt commented and said, I had the ATF investigate me for moonshine. They spent uh, over five hundred thousand dollars and raided my house for a pint of apple pie that was in my freezer. Holy shit. Well, it's one of those things where, like, you realize the dysfunction in the government, like the amount of money and resources they spent on me and Skip and and Matt's case there to squash the equivalent of like a friggin' ant in terms of the world of problems that we have out there. And yeah. remind, mm-hmm. like, let me remind you, like my story was like literally two months after nine 11, like we were all scared about getting on airplanes or, you know, you know, another terrorist attack coming. And I'm like, and this is when Bush put FBI in charge of figuring out who the F did what, what happened to the twin towers. So I'm like, why the fuck are you picking on a kid? Like, honestly, let me just throw something in there though, to counter it. And, and I'm just trying to think from the other side, and, and his alcohol thing is a good example. They probably they if they knew early on that there wasn't much there, when there wasn't much time and money invested, they probably would have flew over it. But because like with me with the with the grand jury, they had so much tied into other things that I think once they're in so deep and they've taken so much time, those prosecutors want those conviction numbers, so they go back and they sweep up the the crumbs. They probably yeah. had been on to you prior and had so much invested that they felt at some point like a poker game. Yeah. They're already yeah. so invested, they're like, "Fuck it, we got to get what we can out of this versus just dropping." That's my they best guess. They got to justify a W. They, they got to get a W and justify it because yeah. otherwise it just doesn't make any sense. And the other thing is, those people on the the teams that are holding guns. They're just taking orders. They're not making the decisions of who to go yeah, after. That's, that's several levels above them. So that's where the incompetency, I think, lies is with the decisions. And I don't know if it's incompetency. Look, the reality is we both broke the law no matter what. You know yeah. what we say and, and how we how we gauge whether it's significant or not. You know, we both own it. It is what it is. But you do wonder sometimes how they're or why they're wasting or using their resources when it could be you would think better spent on, you know, busting somebody else who deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate your stories, guys. We're gonna wrap this thing up. Uh for another episode of Blood, Sweat, and Gear with Skip Hill. Andrew Barry, I'm Scott McNally. Go to our sponsor, truenutrition.com, where you can get good quality legal supplements you won't get arrested when those things get shipped to your door use our code think we'll see you guys